what I'm about to tell you is top secret. A conspiracy bigger than all of us. There's a powerful group of people out there that are secretly running the world. I'm talking about the guys no one knows about, the guys that are invisible. The top 1% of the top 1%, the guys that play God without permission. And now I think they're following me. Logan joined in the studio today by Matt West. Howdy ho! And Paul O. You can't see us, but our dicks are touching. They can see us, though. Oh, you can see us. Oh, okay. It's a whole new format now. Our dicks aren't really touching. So, uh, we are here on the Geek Generation today, and this is a uh, special time of the year for the Geek Generation, at least the podcast, because whether you guys realize it or not, about five years ago, around this time, in June of 2010 is when the first episode of the Geek Generation podcast went up. Mm-hmm. So we're celebrating our five-year anniversary right now. Five-year anniversary! Yay. Yay! Which is supposed to be, I guess, a milestone of sorts. Uh, since we did release that first episode, we have released over 200 episodes, totaling nearly 300 hours of content. Jesus. Yeah. But as people who are not uh, frequent co-hosts, or I'm not sure exactly what your entire history with the show is, I don't think I've ever really asked you, when did you guys start listening as first listeners and now co-hosts? Well, I started, uh, I would say like I was maybe like a year and a half late. Yeah. So I, I remember definitely having some catching up to so do. So you're still pretty early. Yeah, like I like I I remember getting into podcasts after Nerdist, mm-hmm. and then I'm not sure how exactly I got connected to the Geek Generation. I think I was just looking for other podcasts. To I think I to. might have asked you that before, and you said you heard us on Chris Gore's. Is that it? Maybe because we were on like the 17th episode of Pod Crash. That might have been it. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure though. Like, well. Either way, I mean, I found it that way, and then the podcast was just a way to pass time at the gym, you know, mm-hmm. and then it eventually became... Which is our hopes and dreams, a way to pass time while people are doing other more important things. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know... Well, no, I, that's what podcasts are. I think at a certain point, like, I mean, because I had to do a lot of catching up, so I had maybe like, I don't know, however many is in a year and a half yeah. of worth of podcasts to catch up on, and then, I mean, some of them were pretty funny. I mean, like when I heard Asplosion while I was in the, zi- while I was oh, in the gym, yeah, yeah, and I completely like lost my mind that's still a fan favorite i like dropped a dumbbell like (laughs) like people were just like what the fuck is wrong with this guy right right like you know it's just it was it it started as a way to pass the time but then you know eventually it became something that was entertainment and then something that you're more passionate about obviously because it's stuff we get to you know, we get to geek out. Right. Stuff you do anyway. Yeah. Stuff you do anyway. And now you're here. Yeah. And now we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, how about you? Uh, probably about a year and a half ago, actually, I started listening. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I've known you and Mike from the world of wrestling. Sure. And you guys would talk about the generation through social media. And I, over the last five years have taken on jobs where I have a lot more of a commute. So my hour plus commute back and forth, is always spent. I used to do music, but 
I don't know, there's sometimes just having that intellectual end of listening to discussions and whatnot, mm-hmm. just it ends up feeling like you accomplish something, even though you're just listening. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I started picking out different ones that I was listening to and I was listening to Nerdist and yeah. what, um, a lot of wrestling based podcasts. You definitely and- didn't come here for the intellectual conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Asplosion might've been one of yeah. the first ones that really drew me in. I was like, all right now, nah, but, um, and just, I liked the, uh, to start, I just liked the banter. I liked the, the different, Ways that geek, because geek culture has expanded so far now sure. that it's, it's not just, you know, gaming or, uh, you know, it's movies and comics and gaming and music and, and it's really cool. And I just like, you know, you guys have had tons of different personalities in, in studio and you end up almost getting to know people who you don't know. Right. So right. when I, when I finally met like Anna or Paul, I was like, I've heard these guys on like a number of times. And you feel like you know them already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. I, I've definitely met people that I've listened to their podcast, Pete Holmes. Camille Nanjiani, all the guys from Nerdist. I mean, when I met them, I was like, I kind of know you guys mm-hmm. better than a lot of your friends might know you because I've listened to every single episode of the podcast. Yeah. So, like, you've heard some of their, the intimate details of their life. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We haven't gotten intimate in a while, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind not being uh, not being overly uh, deep in there, but. Since we are talking about how long we've been doing things and how much uh, it has taken from my life to accomplish all this, I do want to ask people that if they enjoy what we do, they can help us out and support us by going to our Patreon page. This will take you to our Patreon page when you go to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. When you do get there, you can sign up to become a patron of the Geek Generation. You sign up, you choose a contribution amount, and that amount will be donated automatically each month. You can cancel that donation at any time. We are asking for $1 a month, which is roughly $0.25 cents a show. I don't think that's anything crazy. We've added a benefit, though, for people. We Before, we're just asking for $1 a month. Now, if you contribute $1 a month, it puts you into a certain tier to where you now get early access to the show. So as soon as I am done editing a particular show, I will put it up in the Patreon backers feed first, in the patrons feed, and they will get the show immediately when it's done. Everyone else will have to wait until those Mondays when we do post them in order to get them. So there is a benefit now. Again, go to thegeekgeneration.com slash support in order to see that. If you think about it, guys, it's such a small thing. Like a dollar a month, $12 a year. Like, it's not a huge amount of money. No. I mean, get one less lunch a week or something. <laughs> it's, or... Not, it's not even a lunch. It's no. like, it's, it's not like even a coffee these days. Yeah. Don't get the candy bar. You'll yeah. lose weight and you'll be getting, supporting your free entertainment. Right. It's such like a small thing. So, I mean, just de- definitely consider it. And, you know, if you can, please donate. Yeah. It really does help tremendously. Uh, before we get into our geek outs and freak outs too, I do want to talk about one news item because I don't know how much of the news we're going to get into, but this is a big one, so I wanted to lead the show with it. Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios have announced that Tom Holland will play Peter Parker slash Spider-Man in their next Spider-Man film, which is set to hit theaters on July 28th, 2017. John Watts has also been set to direct the feature. Producer Amy Pascal said of the casting, Sony, Marvel, Kevin Feige, and I all knew that for Peter Parker, we had to find a vibrant, talented, young actor capable of embodying one of the most well-known characters in the world. With Tom, we found the perfect actor to bring Spider-Man's story into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What do you guys think about this casting? 
the first time like I saw who Tom Holland was, I was like Jaimon Hinsu in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Who? <laughs> I was just like, what? Yeah, yeah. But then, like, you know, I did a little bit of research right up on him and whatever. And I saw some of these uh, Instagram videos that he put up on his feed mm-hmm. uh, of him doing like parkour kind of stunts, sure. you know, like gymnastics and a little bit. So, and he looks pretty good. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like he, he does like this crazy jump and he does a flip over a, a wall. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I mean, if and this is prior to his Spidey training. Right. And so, like, I mean, if he does that, and, you know, in the movie, and there's going to be a lot of, like, practical stunts mm-hmm. on top of whatever CG they do. I mean, that's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah I agree. Cool. The more practical, the better. Yeah. I mean, you got to do for Spider-Man, you have to do CG stuff. It's going to happen. There's no really no way you can do it all practical. But if you have a kid like this who is able to go and do some crazy stuff running down the street and, you know, he's using whatever there is just to augment his stunts mm-hmm. and he's doing it, he's not replaced by a stuntman. I'm all for it. That's really cool. There was a lot of speculation that we were going to get a Miles Morales to kind of add some diversity to the uh, Spider-Man origin. But how do you guys feel about them retreading Peter Parker again? I think it's fine. I mean, like Miles Morales would have been nice just to see a little bit of diversity. But I think when you when you consider the con- the business context of everything that's happening with Sony and Marvel mm-hmm. and, you know, how, you know, what decisions they're making and them making the safe decision is probably wise mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean you know it's it's their first time that they're sort of collaborating so to speak um you know they definitely want to have the best outcome for their this collaboration so i mean you know going the way of peter parker everybody knows peter parker right miles, right. miles morales is a little bit less lesser known mm-hmm. um i mean the name's been in the media so much that i'm sure you know there's there's quite a few people who don't ordinarily read comics who know who he is sure but, I mean, Peter Parker is so closely tied to Spider-Man that it's hard to kind of split the difference. But, yeah. One uh, of the things they they had uh, as part of the whole Sony uh, email leaks, mm. there were discussions and one of the conversations of what Spider-Man is and isn't. Right. And in two of the, the things that they said, they weren't necessarily – or they actually made it specified Peter Parker. Uh, things that he was was he was white. Mm-hmm. He was not a minority. And two, he was straight. Right. So yeah. those were two kind of little buzz things that went there. So and I they did know. say this yeah. of Peter Parker right. specifically. Right. Now, there's a lot of people like putting a stink about that mm-hmm. because why couldn't Peter Parker be non-Caucasian and why could, uh, mm-hmm. why couldn't Peter Parker not be straight? Well, Peter Parker's Caucasian and straight. Right. If, if you if you twerk or twerk, twerk. <laughs> if you tweak Spider twerk, if you tweak Peter Parker in certain ways, maybe not so much the Caucasian part. That part's probably yeah. a lot more flexible. But if he's all of a sudden not straight, now his dynamic with Black Cat changes. Mm-hmm. What happens with MJ? Yeah, like it just throws off too much in the story. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now we're just reinventing the entire universe based on one little thing that's just easier to keep the same. Right. I think part of the problem with the context of the email leak was that I think the what they said in the email was that Spider-Man is white and straight. Right. And was so, it Spider-Man, not Peter Parker? It might have yeah, been. It was, it was Spider-Man it is white and straight. That's why people rose a stink about it because they're like, well, there's already – I mean, we have a precedent for a minority LGBT – 
Spider-Man. Sure. He's in the comic. I don't understand why, you know. And so I think that's what, where the stink came from. But, I mean, if you're talking about Peter Parker Spider-Man. Right. I mean, the, it's 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 hard copy. It's yeah. It's been in the comics for so long. Absolutely. He's a white, straight male. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, you know, if you want, like, Marvel definitely has the ability to make a different Spider-Man later on down the line. But sure. if you're gonna if you're going to have Peter Parker Spider-Man, that's what he is. Right. I have to say my favorite thing about this casting in general, I mean, I am pumped that we are getting Peter Parker again, not because I'm some some white supremacist, mm-hmm. but because <laughs> that's the Spider-Man I know. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with Miles Morales. Now, that could be exciting in its own way, yeah. but I want to see Peter Parker Spider-Man, especially like this younger high school looking one standing next to people like Captain America yeah. and Iron Man. And that's the diversity right there. We're going with an age diversity. And that's enough right now, I think, yeah. for that. I mean, Marvel in the comics is changing everything. Thor is a girl. Right. Captain America is black. They're diversifying like almost for the sake of diversity, mm-hmm. it feels like right now. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe is kind of keeping the status quo. Yeah. But again, things are going to shift. Like, we all know Chris Evans doesn't necessarily want to play Captain America forever. Right. And they have Sam Wilson in place for that, for Falcon to step into that role eventually. And I see nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think that's a natural evolution. So we will go that route. But right now, when you're just introducing the new character, this big, huge tentpole of Marvel, it kind of makes sense to go with the tried and true. Yeah. And also, you want to see that that transition happen. You don't want to see them just drop Miles Morales in there yes. and then have yeah. to like explain it away in like 30 minutes of terrible movie making. You right. know what I mean? Like you want to be able to put Peter Parker in there and then, you know, maybe five years, 10 years down the line, yep. when they're ready to yeah. make that transition, then make it. If the Amazing Spider-Man movies told us anything, people are done with origin stories. Yes, same I thing. was going to say Same, same thing same. with like the Batman stuff now yep. coming up. People don't want the origin stories for movies that they know the origin of the characters. If it's within five years, we know the story, even if it's a retake of it, mm-hmm. we don't need a retelling of the same story we've heard a bunch of different times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no longer just pop culture. It's a part of culture. The, it's the, part of our mythology. Exactly. The, ex- the external context is already there. It's already laid out in the comic books. Mm-hmm. We know the MCU is not taking directly from the comic books, but it definitely takes influence from Absolutely. So, you know, just let the transition happen, and then we may eventually get Miles Morales. Yeah. All good points. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our geek outs then. Yay! Kick us off, Matt. Well, I know it's been a big topic over uh, the the previous months here on the it show. Certainly, has. you you were you were the first one. I tried. <laughs> and I try. Anna followed, and uh, my Amazon Echo has arrived. Yes, and um, and it's it's been awesome. Um, I find that I use it most with my Amazon Music, mm-hmm. where um, in in short order, my Amazon Music library has rivaled my ipod with like five thousand songs i just wow. when i have downtime anytime things come up that i like or i might like i i add them to my library so it's really been getting used like that uh of course all the easter eggs finding easter eggs and yeah using those <laughs> one of my personal favorites um i was trying to get it to play something in particular and i was trying to sort of show off to my wife like check this one out because she she thinks it's a pretty funny uh device with a lot of the stuff Mm -hmm. and i i asked it for the same song like four times and it kept playing the wrong thing because it was (laughs) it was all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna go right into it was manamana by the muppets i wanted but it kept trying to play some now now shuffling menorah or something like that some some like (laughs) Some trance kind of DVD, uh, uh, CD. Yeah. And I just kept, and so I'm just, Alexa, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Alexa, shut the fuck up. 
stops whatever track's playing. Does it? <laughs> yes. That's great. So <laughs> now when 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 she's playing something that I don't want to hear, I'll walk by <laughs> Alexa, shut the fuck up, and it works. So that was my 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 quick little geek out is that that command is not one that anybody has listed, but right. And then the Simon Says function is is terrific. Oh, that's fun to play with. Yeah, <laughs> Monomena is an understandable confusion. Yeah, I think. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's very accurate. I've found with understanding your voice i've I've done a couple of the training things just to better equip it to me but overall i think it understands people pretty well it is pretty good yeah obviously i've been a big proponent of the echo on the show we've had several you have one Anna has one i've had people tweet at me saying that they got an echo Uh, i highly recommend this i still use mine mostly for either a bluetooth speaker like i always play my podcast through it from my ipod or I'm constantly adding things to my shopping list and checking the weather and stuff like that. I'm curious, in a household where you're not by yourself where I am, and I have like no reservations about anything, is it weird getting used to the voice commands with other people around? Um, It was at first, like the first couple of days. Uh, I think more than anything, my wife was a little, con- she was a little put off by it being a name versus like Amazon. Because yeah. when I was telling her about it and telling her what it did, she was just like, yeah, but do you have to call it Alexa? That's kind of weird. And now <laughs> she she instantly is like now just doing it. Alexa, yeah. play this. And she has, she's actually a big Pandora listener. Okay. So she's with, originally I, I taught her how to Bluetooth connect and she doesn't even need to do that because Pandora and iHeartRadio are two of the ones that. Yeah. Uh, are recognized. Yep. Uh, so she just uses it for that. We haven't really used it as much for the, uh, the shopping lists and stuff, but I've been now, you know, when I leave in the morning, I ask Alexa, what's traffic like? And it'll tell me how the traffic is for my route, what's weather, flash briefings. Mm-hmm. So some of that stuff is we're, we're just kind of in the beginning stages. I got it last month, but we're still sort of in the, it's the novelty as, as right, opposed to the right, functionality right. of it. Yep. Who the fuck is Alexa? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you keep talking to her? Are you flirting? (laughs) You can change the wake word to Amazon. Yeah, Yeah. I know. And that's what we were talking about originally. She's like, "Ah, I think we should. But after two days, she was doing Alexa, Alexa. Sure. sure. I have, because I am such a big proponent of the Echo, I have created a custom link for people that want to buy it. So if you go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Echo, it'll take you right to the Amazon Echo product page. So if you want to buy it that way, I highly recommend you pick one up. It is well worth the money. It is a little more expensive now because we got it when it was at its $99 initial phase. I think it's like $179 yeah. right now. And you don't need an invite anymore. So. No, no. Uh, but it, it's a little pricier, but I do still think it's well worth it. I think you're going to get your money's use out of it for sure. Love that. What do you got next? Uh, next up, the Netgear Powerline. Yes. I, know if you're, um, I recently am tied into um, one of my last geek out is I just recently joined the world of owning a blu-ray player mm-hmm. um my wife managed to get one free as a perk through work uh the only thing is because it was you know a freebie it didn't have wi-fi okay and where my tv and our, our home entertainment is there's really no access to our internet so short of having to suddenly run crazy stuff through the house and ethernet cables everywhere which i really didn't want to do mm-hmm. uh i started doing a little look online and i found uh about the 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 netgear power line in essence what it does is you plug in um one of the cords near your router and then plug it into your router mm-hmm. uh your wireless router and then the other one plugs into the wall uh near wherever you want it and you then plug the ethernet into your device um and it sets up through the power cables in your house sets up a closed, secure um, network. Hmm. So it extends your network. So if you need an Ethernet, like wire-based, non-Wi-Fi uh, connection, it allowed me to sort of expand. And 
where I wouldn't be able to have Ethernet on that end of the house without having to either have cords going through the cables going through the whole house or rewiring things uh, with basically a 10 minute just moving some things around and uh, just the process of plugging in and just changing things now. And it works great. The The signal is pretty strong. It's not perfect, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's certainly stronger than not having Ethernet. Sure, up to sure. It. And I find that for the most part, when I'm streaming video uh, from Netflix or whatever, I'd say at about 75% of the time, you're getting the top speeds. It's maybe during the most demand. And that's, that's going to be impacted in most neighborhoods that you're not on like a fiber optic sure, network. Sure. That you're going to have some, some issues with that anyway. But yeah, so it, it's really, it was, I forget what it cost. It wasn't super expensive. I think under 50 bucks. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, I was able to, uh, with it, with minimal, I'm not a, a big, uh, computer as far as knowing, how to rewire things mm-hmm. and other than, you know, simple plug and play stuff. I was able to do it myself, hooked it up, uh, within 10 minutes, we were up and running and it, it works great. I haven't had any problems. It's been in there roughly a month now and, uh, use it almost every day. That's so, awesome. I yeah. didn't realize that power cords could be used in that kind of dual yeah. functionality. Yeah. Uh, and I was worried. And here's where I was worried because I, I own a duplex and, um, my, uh, it's a one family duplex. Mm-hmm. So I have family living, uh, in one half and we live in the other half. Our wireless router, it's one, we have one uh, cable account. So our wireless router is for the oh, entire house. Oh, wow. So our loop of electricity and their loop of electricity are on separate meters. And I didn't think about that initially. And I'm like, when I started installing it, I'm saying, oh, man, is this going to be a problem? Because technically, they're not a connected loop of electricity. Right. But it worked. And as soon as, the, you know, it, it does it, you can see there's a little lock button on the bottom. It sets up security mm-hmm. so that it's not, you know, it's a closed circuit. And yeah, it works great. I was really psyched. That's awesome. Yeah, really cool and inexpensive and so far very reliable. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly a, a welcome alternative to having to tear up part of your house for a little while just to put a new cable and run that to another room. That really is a pain in the ass as a someone who's worked part time as an electrician. I know how much of an issue that can be. And it's literally where my TV is and my Blu-ray and my home theater is literally the exact opposite spot of the house as to where my wireless router would have been. So it was the furthest spot in the, the livable areas of the house where I would have had to, it would have been a hundred foot, a hundred plus foot of uh, internet cables going through the walls or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it really saved a lot of time and aggravation. Cool. What do you got next? Uh, next up, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. We talked about the trailer yes. when I was here last time. Yes. I don't know if people got to see it or not. Uh, it was incredible. Yeah, I think we've all seen it here. Yeah. yeah. The thing that got me the most is uh, I watched it, blew me away, but then to go after the fact and then realize that other than things like the storm and, um, you know, uh, Charlize Theron's arm missing, mm-hmm. there was hardly any digital effects in it. It was mm-hmm. like all the vehicles are all practical effects. Yep, yep. Visually stunning. It doesn't give you a moment's rest. You just, from the moment it takes off to the end, it was just action and just awesome i went to see it with like five or six people we all walked out just like oh my god that was all we were like high-fiving after the movie just because it was a cool experience yeah. to go through with a bunch of people i came out like kind of tense oh like, yeah yeah like because it is so relentless yeah like i enjoyed it i don't think i'm ever gonna watch it again yeah honestly because it is that kind of movie it, it does something to you was, you'd yeah, have was, to be in a particular mood to watch oh, that yeah. i was like emotionally exhausted oh yeah yeah, yeah. Kinda definitely. Like, kind of like if you watch like the walking dead or like any of those like heavily dramatic shows mm-hmm. kind of the similar response except it's more like like you're constantly being exposed to the yeah. action and like 
the character development and everything. It's just like after the movie was done, I was like, I, I, <laughs> I need <laughs> to go. Yeah. I need to go home. My main <laughs> criticism is it just doesn't need Mad Max. You know, he really, right, I mean, right. he's more of a, um, you know, a catalyst to the plot rather yeah. than, you know, it's more Furiosa. But yeah. it was, I, it just to see it on the big screen, I wish I had seen it on IMAX because it was just that kind of visually, sure. stu- one of the most visually stunning movies I've ever seen. Yeah. It really does prove how important practical effects are mm-hmm. versus digital. They use digital for sure. Yeah. They just used it really wisely. Right. Right. Good stuff. I really enjoyed that. Cool. Um, next one. I'm a music guy, as I've said before on the mm-hmm. show. Quick one. There's a band that, um, I, they were kind of, on my radar, but didn't really know about them called the winery dogs. Yep. Uh, who I've really done a lot more listening to over the last couple months and they just blew my mind. It's, uh, Richie Coates and on guitar, Billy Sheehan, who, uh, both of that, both Richie and, and Billy Sheehan people may remember from Mr. Big, which wasn't like a, a monster band and Mike Portnoy, who used to be part of Dream Theater. I knew they're, that name they're, for sure. They're a power trio and they are freaking amazing. The yeah. music is really good. It's not, uh, some people don't like, progressive rock slash metal because it can get pretentious this is just like straight ahead ballsy rock and roll songs but the musicianship is friggin' amazing yeah last uh friday night i went and saw a free show at the uh mohegan sun wolf's den okay living color the the band oh wow from, the band from the uh, the late 80s early 90s um normally when you go to a wolf den show you get in line early it's a free show mm-hmm. usually get about 55 minutes of music they played almost an hour and 40 minutes. Wow. And it was amazing. I, I saw them in 1994 and walked away saying that Corey Glover was probably the best vocalist in rock that I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. This is 21 years later, and he blew his performance then out of the water. That's water. awesome. The musicianship was amazing. It was high energy. It was a small crowd. I mean, it was the, the Wolf's Den was full, but it's an intimate setting. Mm-hmm. We were probably 20 feet from the stage, and it was just... They were amazing. They were so friggin' awesome. Like every song was, was just on point. Doug Wimbish, who's their bass player, is mm-hmm. local to Connecticut. So he had a lot of family there. So it was sort of like for him a homecoming gig as well. That's always cool. He ended up playing like a five minute bass solo to cover where there was a drum issue that was just one of the coolest things I've ever heard live yeah. on bass. And then as part of that, I, I've followed the entire band for a long time on Twitter. So I was just complimenting the show and throughout the night after getting late into the night they're all retweeting favoriting so like not only did you feel like you were part of the show afterwards you felt like the band saw and appreciated what you had to say sure, about it. so it was sure. really cool to have that personal touch on it that's awesome yeah it was a great show and I, now i want to go back and just sort of go through my catalog and see what i'm missing and fill it out and just sort of do that obsessive listening to albums soup to nuts again right right just to sort of get back into it because they were that good my last one is the Jaws 40th anniversary happened yeah, on June yep. 20th of last month. Jaws was released the day I was born. And oh, no kidding. Coincidentally, is my favorite movie of all time. Wow. I did get the, when I got my Blu-ray player, the first thing I did buy was, uh, it's not the 40th anniversary edition, but it's the Universal 100th anniversary edition of uh, Jaws on Blu-ray. And I've watched it three times already. <laughs> <laughs> And it looked great. And then I went and watched the documentary on what they've done to it to improve it and digitally remaster it and how they did it. Mm-hmm. And then I've gone back and looked at some of the stuff either on broadcast TV or on DVD and to see how much they put into it and how much love and work was put into it to bring it back to its original state and make it even better. It was awesome. So so the fact that they put that kind of love and attention into it, into the Blu-ray release, 
of my favorite movie of all time was just fantastic. So enjoy it now because the next release will have a tornado with other sharks and things like that. So <laughs> that, didn't they, they did uh, the, uh, the the George they some I think Family Guy or one of them did a, a, a sort of a takeoff yeah, on, on yeah. the and the shark is like you know explodes and then they add the extra ring in and I remember yeah. seeing something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Paulo. All right. Uh, my first geek out are a couple of movie trailers that we saw or that came out this past yes. week. The first one is Legend. That's uh, a movie starring uh, Tom Hardy. And it's like Tom Hardy's clumps. Like, uh, <laughs> his, like, uh, right. Like, he's playing two different characters who are two sort of like crime bosses in uh, 1960s London. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is kind of like a, you know, he's functional criminal. And the other one is sort of like, I, I don't even know how to describe it other than he's kind of like a little bit of Asperger's with like, also like a violent streak yeah he seems just nuts yeah like Like he's he's gonna fly off the handle like he's the loose cannon of the two yeah and so this is about like them building their criminal empire in 1960s london as like these london gangsters and like you kind of see it in the trailer like it's like we know that tom hardy is method as fuck yeah because like (laughs) yeah because like in uh even in mad max like uh like there was rumors that uh charlize theron and uh, tom hardy weren't getting along because tom hardy was just method the entire time like he was just max the entire time so you can imagine what the fuck this movie was like i know (laughs) know, if tom hardy is playing like a sociopath and like a fucking insane person it's it, it looks awesome like the first time i saw it i like i got chills like i was like this is gonna be fucking amazing yeah, yeah anytime someone does that like even when army hammer did that in the the face of the social yeah. network like that's it's really impressive to act against yourself right that's crazy and you have like a great supporting cast too like and they've kind of pulled from like both sides of the pond mm-hmm. like um you have uh eccleston yeah uh, love eccleston mm-hmm. and you have chaz palminteri doing ch- what chaz palminteri does best <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah and like it looks incredible and like you want this is kind of like the role that you want tom hardy to do because he can definitely exercise his acting chops to the to the fullest extent really and um yeah definitely pumped for this movie i just i love uh any sort of like english-based movie that involves like criminal enterprise like something about like like the mobster like underground scene in london like it's something about that is just it's so it's so diverse from like what we see in America. Right. I'm definitely pumped to see it. So. Yeah. No, it looks really good. Yeah. It is, like you said, going to be a great showcase for Tom Hardy, because like we were talking about earlier, Mad Max didn't even necessarily need to be in Mad Max. Right. And especially Tom Hardy was so wasted in that role mm-hmm. because we've seen him do so much better. Right. Absolutely. And this movie is going to be front and center. Totally. The entire movie. Yeah. Pumped to see this. (laughs) Uh, The second trailer is Creed. Uh, For those who don't know, this is sort of like the spinoff of Rocky, Mm -hmm. uh, which you get later on in the trailer. Uh, It reunites uh, Michael B. Jordan and his director from Fruitvale Station, which is... I mean, kind of like his, it was his breakout role. And I think it was also the director's breakout movie. Um, it got a lot of Oscar attention and, uh, both are really talented 
And the, the, the best thing about this trailer is that you, you, you hear Creed, you're like, oh, okay, maybe it's something sure. else, you know? And then you know, you see that it's about boxing and you're like, oh, I guess so. And then you see that it's in Philadelphia and you're like, oh, okay. And then you know, it doesn't <laughs> the pieces come, slowly come together. Right. It doesn't come until like two minutes into the trailer yeah, when yeah. he's in the restaurant and he's like, I heard there was a third fight behind closed doors and you're like, that's Apollo Creed. Holy shit. That's Sylvester Stallone. This is going to be a Rocky movie. <laughs> you know? And like, it's, it's so much, it carries so much more dramatic effect and weight mm-hmm. when you like Sylvester Stallone is not the primary character, mm-hmm. you know? And Michael B. Jordan, we know that he's good at acting. Absolutely. And he kind of even looks like Apollo Creed a little bit. Sure. Like a young mm-hmm. Apollo Creed, you know? Yeah. He's kind of got the facial hair. He's like something about the bone structure in his face. I yeah. Mean, like, and he's jacked as fuck. <laughs> and I'm super excited to see this movie. Like my, my in-laws are from Philly and like, uh, you know, in Philly, there's definitely like a, like an appreciation, a, a greater appreciation for Rocky than in like other cities. Mm-hmm. So I think for this movie, I'm definitely going to have to see it like in Philly, just for the, <laughs> for the atmosphere kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. Maybe go to the museum afterwards and walk the steps. But yeah, like I was like, when I saw this trailer, like, I was sitting at my desk at work and I was watching it on my phone. And then like when the trailer was done, I was like, yeah, fucking see this movie. Let's do it. It certainly was a smart way to go with things. I mean, I I honestly, I thought Rocky Balboa was was not a bad movie. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, too. Um, And I like just from seeing the trailer. I like how they added Rocky apparently is still running his restaurant Mm -hmm. from from Rocky Balboa, which was was cool. I, I think it's a really smart way to go with it, because how much longer is is Rocky Balboa going to be able to fight and be right. believable, but yeah. being a mentor to the guy who made his career, right. his son, and who had a tragic death, you know, against Ivan Drago. It, I think it's awesome. I think it's a really, it's intriguing. And like even part of the, tra- in part of the trailer, he's like one of the guys, the guy that was from The Wire. I forgot his, I forgot the actor's name, but he tells, he's talking to Michael B. Jordan's character mm-hmm. and he's like, he's like, people die in this ring. Your daddy died in this ring. Right. And he's like, oh, that does, got, that got nothing to do with me. And it's kind of like, it's sort of distancing, distancing itself from sure. like the, the Rocky movies in a way, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, this is kind of its own movie, but also, I mean, it's got that tie in with Rocky, the right. like Rocky right. universe, you know? So it's like, that's going to build the hype. But then what's really going to come out of it is like th- this movie. And like the acting and the directing itself. So there are smart, logical ways to continue a franchise. Right. Right, Ghostbusters? <laughs> <laughs> right. They're, uh, they're actually filming that near, they I know. were filming that near my work and yeah. uh, also in Everett too. And like I kind of popped around the corner a little bit to see, but you couldn't really see anything. They had like, uh, tarps up and right. stuff. So well, I mean, the reason that I bring up Ghostbusters just in relation to like, the smart thing for Ghostbusters, and we've said it over and over again, the smart thing would have been to acknowledge the mm-hmm. previous films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you ignore them, you're insulting the past fan base. But when you just pander to the old films, you're not doing anything for the franchise. Yeah, it's a resource. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's already it's a fan base that's already established. Like, yep. Just use it. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic. I mean, that is. Such, I mean, so many people just hold that movie as beloved. Like, yeah. you don't even need to be a geek or a nerd to know Ghostbusters. Right. Everybody just knows it from childhood. You totally. Know? Definitely. Um, so yeah, definitely pumped about those two movies. Gonna be in both the look very good to see those. Um, next geek out is just TV in general. 
I've said it before. Like I got, I, I have so much on my plate that watching TV live is just, it's incredibly difficult. Oh, I never do it. Never. You know, I tend to watch things on DVR, but I'm definitely in the last uh, few months, Game of Thrones wrapped up its uh, fifth season. A lot of shit went down. (laughs) Did it ever? (laughs) Uh, A lot of people are upset. A lot of people are speculating. I won't spoil it for anybody who's maybe trying to catch up at this point, but some shit goes down and you're not going to be happy about it. No. Let me just say that. But I I thought the season did a really good job of uh, sort of distancing itself from the the written material because Mm -hmm. they've, they've said it in press that, you know, from this point on, because there's no other book to reference, we're going to kind of be building our own universe. Mm. There was one episode in the season where they just, they just nuked like five or six storylines all at once, just to kind of like cauterize the wound. From what I've heard, that was kind of needed. Yeah. Cause it's a bit of a convoluted. Cause there's show. so much going on. Yeah. So it's like they, they took one episode and it just nuked five or six storylines from the books and it's continuing in its own sort of direction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like <laughs> there, there are like, five or six articles weekly on like Kit Harrington and Jon Snow. Oh. It's just all over. Like I I get it in my feed because I like Game of Thrones right, on right. Facebook and stuff. And so like I see the articles and it's just <laughs> relentless. Like the speculation, you know? But uh definitely I, I was excited for the for this season and I'm so excited to see where it goes from here on out. Also fucking Daenerys is a fucking boss. Oh my god. <laughs> like when I the, that episode happened, I was like, she's doing it She's doing it. My wife was like, I don't fucking know. I only know her as Sarah Connor now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then the second one, the second TV show I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about, to be honest, is a ballers on HBO. It's Mm -hmm. like the rocks new show. Yeah. The rock. Yeah. I mean, I'm like you, Rob. I'll watch anything that the rock is. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like Tony, it doesn't even have to be good, but, um, (laughs) it's preferable, but, (laughs) uh, IE the game plan. (laughs) I own the game plan. I like it. No, you mean IE the tooth Tooth fairy. fairy. That's, that's the one that really tested me. That's where I was going. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, ballers is kind of like, um, you definitely get the sense that this is a bro driven show. Oh, okay. Um, like I didn't, I hadn't, I knew it was being produced by HBO, but, and by the rocks production company, Mm -hmm. seven buck productions. But I had no idea that Mark Wahlberg was involved until I saw the credits. It's like executive producer, Mark Wahlberg. And I was like, Oh really? It's going (laughs) to kind of be like entourage with sports. But like, I mean, it, 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 it does a good job of setting up the rocks character Spence. And Mm -hmm. it's like this sort of, like uh you know he's he's he was a legend in his day Mm -hmm. and now he's just trying to uh rebuild sort of his uh his legendary status so to speak i mean after football what do you have and sort of the tagline of the show is legends don't fade away or something legend they they reinvent Mm -hmm. and so uh like it's it's about the rock working for a financial services company which is the most boring fucking thing you can right think of. but i think it's just like him being like a financial services i'm manager. here to do the paperwork <laughs> i'm here to manage your finances <laughs> like it's just like it sounds like the most boring thing but it's, i think it's about like building those business relationships sure. and sort of like managing people's money like there's definitely different forces at work you know in the show versus you know the the athletes their entourages their spouses you know the, the people higher up at the financial services company mm-hmm. there's agents and it's just like there's so many different sides to it that it it has the potential for being a multifaceted just great uh dramedy i guess because it, it is a fair bit of comedy yeah the the first episode was kind of like 
Like, I mean, it was, it was good in not, maybe not the way that I wanted it to be. There was a lot of sex in the first episode. All right. And yeah, like it was kind of great, but it also kind of was like gratuitous. Yeah. Like, eh, I don't really need it. You know, that girl's hot. Those girls are hot, but I mean, they got to sell the show somehow. Yeah. I guess, I guess if you're going to, especially if they are appealing to the bro culture. Right. And it's, and you definitely get that bro vibe Mm -hmm. and which is, which is worrying a little bit, but, um, it's two episodes in so far. Not, not too bad. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely keep watching just because it's The Rock. I don't also. know how The Rock had time to do this. Yeah, I know, right? The like hell. It's, like, it's, like, he takes, like, six weeks out of a year and makes, like, a TV show. Right. He's got every movie coming out yeah. and this on top of he it. He has a movie, like, every quarter, like, yeah. I think. Yeah, right? it's crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, to continue the theme of The Rock, we sure, next week out let's. is The the Rock's a surprise uh, spot at the WWE live event in Boston. So as you know, people are aware from if you follow The Rock on Instagram or whatever, he's uh, in Boston shooting or he's in Massachusetts shooting a movie called Central Intelligence mm-hmm. with or with Kevin Hart. And he's like all over social media about it. Like he's always putting pictures and videos up. And this actually came to my attention because of the WWE YouTube page. Like it, yeah. like it, it posted a new video and I was like The Rock at WWE in Boston. I was like, oh, cool. Like, I guess that makes sense. You know, he's in town. They're in town. Why not show up? And the the audio is fucking terrible. It it's is. Like, it's so bad. It's not. I guess it's not plugged into a like a soundboard. It's just you can hear it from the speakers in the stadium. Mm-hmm. But like you know, you hear him, and he's like, I guess the context of this the, is the of this is the wrestler who's in the ring right now. I don't know who it is. Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas. He's talking shit about Boston in general. Ah. And so The Rock comes in and is like. Yeah, and he's, like, <laughs> he's talking shit about Cena. He comes in, he's like, you know, like you can kind of barely hear what he's saying. He's like, I've been living in this town for a few months now. And then, blah, 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 yeah. blah, just <laughs> wah, kind of like wah, this wah. weird, like awful audio. Yeah, like the, the audio is awful. And then you hit, and then, and then like, maybe five or six minutes into it, like after going back and forth, he's like, Boston strong, bitch. And then he just <laughs> rock bottoms the guy and like the place fucking explodes. <laughs> and it's like, like I, I freaked out too. Like I was like, this is amazing. Right. And like, and you're not even there. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even there. And like the, the whole Boston strong thing, like the hashtag and like the, the phrase, like it got thrown around so much, like, especially, you know, after the bombings and everything that, it cut people got, I got tired of like hearing it over and over again, especially if it wasn't in reference to like the actual victims themselves. Like if it was a reference to like you going to the gym, like, right? No, I'm not, <laughs> right? Like, I don't, you know, I don't really care. Lost a lot of meaning. Yeah. So, but I mean, when he brought it back a little bit and then this, this guy, like he got rock bottom in the middle of the ring in sort of the perfect position. Mm-hmm. And like everybody was like, you can start, you can start hearing oh. it. They're like, people's elbow. <laughs> and then the rock is just like, no, nah, no, nah, I, I gotta go guys. And then he like kicks the guy's arm over and everybody's like, yeah, it's <laughs> happening. Man, and I didn't then, even watch into it that far. And then he does it and it's so fucking awesome. Like I lost my mind because I haven't seen it in so long. You know? Right. So they're at rock bottom, right? I mm. saw this sort of, um, this happen online. I had friends who were at the show. Really? And um one of the guys I know from wrestling was there with his with his wife and all of a sudden he puts out holy holy shit the rock uh-huh. is here I'm like he's not going to make an appearance on an un you know unannounced appearance on a house show yeah. right but right. I mean talk about a way to spike your your future business I mean yeah. you really like they say anything can happen in the world of wrestling you're one of your biggest stars in, ever 
just shows up unannounced. Yeah. I mean, that, that's awesome. Right here. Well, so yeah, cool. if you want if you want people to show up to a live event, you have yeah. to do stuff yeah. like this every now and then just yep. to be like, you never know what's going to happen uh, at a WWE live event. Which, and this is like the best part right here. Everybody's just like, do it, do it. And he's like, uh, <laughs> you can see him move the microphone out of the way, yeah, starting to like, set up. He's like, oh, the, phys- <laughs> the physics of this works. <laughs> yeah, I've done this so many times. That this should be no problem. It looks like I'm perfectly uh, able and capable to do the people's elbow at this. He, he's not moving. Opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, yeah, you like that. But that's that's where a good performer like really excels too, yeah. because he didn't just do it. It's the the anticipation leading up to the move, yeah. which is what a lot of wrestling is anyway. We all know those moves are coming. It's the build up to every individual one, the psychology yeah. that does so. I also like there was some question whether or not The Rock would actually be back. in. I know it was only, you know, doing the rock bottom, the people's elbow. But when he had his last match, and he had tore his abdominals. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a lot of question at this point. Was it too much risk for him to even get back in the ring? He might tie himself in with things. Yeah. But he may be that people thought and speculated he might be done doing any sort of spots because uh, if you're you're the top grossing male actor yeah. And, you know, why are you going to risk yourself in this sort of thing? Right. Even that. But, you know, The Rock continues to give back. So you can't you can't hold that against the guy. Yeah. He really he knows where he started from. And he, you know, to do something like this, it proves he, he loves the business and he's still going to come back and, and continue to give back. Yep. Yep. Still his home. Yeah. yeah. And it was fucking awesome. It like, is. It was. Really garbled, really cool. The garbled audio aside, like when you just see that happen and it's like you flash back immediately to 10 years ago yeah. when this shit was like a regular occurrence and you're like, yes! And like he did it and you're just, oh my god, I was so pumped. That's and, why we highlight things here too. We just we just go right to the highlights yeah. of the video and for people that are not watching live and or watching on YouTube, you can right. go to YouTube and watch this right. uh, by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash YouTube. Or you can watch us by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash Twitch, where we do our live shows. Make sure you follow us there so that you see us actually do these things visually. Yep. And kind of like my last geek out is not really, uh, it's kind of a geek out preview of sorts. Preview. Um, a preview geek out, Interesting. if you will. Uh, so the summer season is upon us, and as it always does, the summer anime season has sort of begun. Uh, it's I didn't know there was a summer anime season. It, they, they break it up into seasons. It's, yeah. it's uh, very convenient, and uh, the summer anime season is here, and there are a whole bunch that are things that you should be keeping aware or you know if you're an anime fan that you're you're probably already aware of that you know you'll be keeping track of Mm -hmm. throughout the next couple of months but i got three that you should definitely pay attention to because they are things that um they they are three they're they're three series that i think will definitely keep your attention for the duration of uh their run this summer um the first one is called ushio totora it's a they're bringing back like a nineties, uh, manga anime sort of thing from, uh, the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <Thank> you. <laughs> yeah, just, just trying to be clear. Um, and it's about a boy who lives in a shrine and finds out one day that there is a tiger demon that is imprisoned in the basement of the shrine. Hmm. And, uh, at this very same time, he, the, when he opens the door to the shrine, um, demons begin to swarm the shrine, uh, as they are attracted to, uh, the tiger demon's energy. And he's, and he's faced with a, uh, sort of like a choice, like a Sophie's choice almost. Do I let this tiger demon go and risk, you know, having him wreak havoc? But 
have the tiger demon be the only remedy for the demons that are outside? Mm-hmm. Or do I just try to fend off the demons myself and leave the tiger demon in prison? It's not spoiling anything uh, by saying that he lets the tiger demon go. No. Yeah, no, incredible. Because right? no story otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we learn that the spear has, or the spear or the spirit uh, embed, embedded in the spear has its powers of its own. Hmm. Uh, very typical of anime. He gets a brand new hairdo. And, uh, <laughs> they he, love new hair. Yeah. He gets then he gets a whole brand new head of hair and a whole brand new set of powers <laughs> oh, wow. from the spear. And then the, the rest of the series is going to be about uh, their relationship and sort of the, the tension, uh, cause the, the tiger demon is, is evil. There's mm-hmm. no question about it, but the powers that this young guy receives from the spear are reminiscent of the person who imprisoned him. Mm-hmm. And so he knows that, you know, maybe this guy has what it takes to put me back in that basement. Maybe we should have like sort of like this weird respect for each other hmm. so I can stay free. So that's one of them. The second one is gangsta. Um, it sounds <laughs> fucking ridiculous because it's like the gangsta of like, you know, like early 2000s gangsta rap. Oh, no. Um, it's a story about a hypothetical city where the city is run by four crime families. And the story centers around these two jack of all trades individuals who they sort of take on jobs from different families and uh they they're known throughout the city as the people who you do not mess with Mm -hmm. uh, because they can do just about everything and they do just about everything well and they take on the the story begins with them taking on this one job and that changes their lives for the duration of you know the series and um i'm told that there's some sort of supernatural element to it because when you see the animation style because it's anime right <laughs> but when you see the animation style it doesn't really necessarily look like there's some sort of supernatural element hmm. to it because it just looks like a straight up like organized crime okay. sort of story but i'm told there's a supernatural element to it it's definitely reminiscent of like anime series like black lagoon which is another sort of like true to life uh organized crime tale so if you're familiar with black lagoon it's going to kind of be like that except of course the supernatural twist so um that's another series to be keeping yourself aware of i think and the last one i think that everybody here is is probably going to be watching is dragon ball super wait that starts this soon it starts today in japan are you serious the the episode should have already aired because they're 12 hours when 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 (laughs) Uh, i'm pretty sure like if you like I don't know if Crunchyroll is going to be like simulcasting it Mm because sometimes they do that for the bigger series. But if you go into the internet and you do your own little, Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to wait for the dub anyway. I could send you a link for, uh, for, um, you know, a place to get the, uh, the, uh, subbed version. I absolutely plan on seeing the, uh, uh, the, the Resurrection F the during its limited run. Right. I think it's like August 4th to the 12th. It's like one week or something. Yeah, like that. and they finally yeah. released a theatrical trailer yeah. for the U.S. so that mm-hmm. we can hear the dubbed voices again yeah. now that they're done. But uh, as a side bonus, I uh, I think you saw this online, is I am most likely going to be chatting with the voice cast yeah. at San Diego Comic-Con, which I'm super thrilled about. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. But yeah, Dragon Ball Super starting, I think, today or tomorrow um, in Japan. And uh, again, it's picking up from uh, after Goku defeats Majin Buu. Yep. uh, Kind of completely erases GT. Yay! (laughs) Factory reset. Yeah, I love it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be definitely interesting because, I mean, everybody's going to be the same 
at the same place they were at the end of Z, mm-hmm. and you really don't know what's going to happen next. Right. Because Goku doesn't turn into a little baby. He's still adult Goku. But then where do you go from here? Mm. You've eradicated evil from literally you've eradicated the, the essence of evil yes. from the universe. Yeah. Where do you go from here? Right. And uh, Akira Toriyama is going to be uh, involved. Yes. So, I mean, the story is definitely going to be. I mean, of course, we're going to get the fucking like what will happen next. See you just next time on Dragon Ball Super. Like, I'm gonna, so excited for battles that last five episodes yeah. and <laughs> charge ups that last for five minutes. <laughs> I don't even care. Every second of it feels freaking awesome. Yeah. So, I love it. And it's going to be, you know, brand new anime style yep. like, or not anime style, but, you know, up to modern up to animation, modern animation. Like, yeah. You know, so it's going to be so um, excited. Yeah. I'm pumped. So Dragon Ball Super, those are the three that I think you should keep aware of cool. this summer. And that's it for me. Uh, my first geek out is the latest in Pixar's offerings. I saw Inside Out, which was great. I have to say it, it is a very, very strong Pixar movie. It's definitely in the like if you there are definitely tiers of Pixar movies, mm-hmm. Cars 2 being at the bottom <laughs> <laughs> and and things like Wally uh, and Toy Story being in the upper echelon. Right. I would definitely put Inside Out into that upper tier of movies wow. from Pixar. It's very strong. Uh, it is the first Pixar movie I've, I've seen where I feel like we always describe or have described in the past uh, Pixar movies as like kids movies that have adult jokes kind of woven through in a very creative and well done way. Mm-hmm. This, I would say, is the first kind of reverse where this is a more adult oriented movie, even though it's still PG, where there are kid jokes kind of strung through instead of the other way around. Yeah. And I, there was that a uh, picture that was rotating on social media for like uh, the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. where they're like the history of Pixar movies. What if toys had feelings? What if cars had feelings? <laughs> 2015. <laughs> what if feelings had feelings? Right, right. <laughs> And like, uh, I mean, it looks great, but you know, what's funny is that the, the inside out is it's, it's so critically acclaimed Mm -hmm. and widely loved, Mm -hmm. but it's the first Pixar movie that didn't like open at the number one spot or something like that. Right. Right. Because Jurassic world was out still. And so it's kind of insane that like, I mean, I guess it's a credit to Jurassic world, but um, you know, it's insane that the, the, the first Pixar movie in a long time that's gotten this much critical acclaim didn't open at number one yeah yeah i did see it with my five-year-old twin niece and nephew it was the first movie that i went to the theaters with them and they were very excited to see it and everything (laughs) were you like shut up stop (laughs) talking (laughs) no they were they were very good actually they were constantly like they got sick of the trailers Uh, real fast they're like is this the movie? No, not yet. Is this the movie? No, not yet. And then the short came on. I'm like, oh, I forgot about the shorts. Like, I love the shorts. But they're like, I want to watch the movie. <laughs> I will turn this car around right now. <laughs> but after uh, we saw it, they did come back here. And I attempted to interview them about the movie, uh, which only lasted awesome. for a few minutes. But I did piece together about a minute of their thoughts, so I'll play you that right now. Yes! Awesome. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about the movie, all right? Okay. Okay, we just watched Inside Out, and what what did you guys like about the movie? I like the guy that sprayed fire over his head, and I like the hockey part. Alicia, what did you like? Uh, I like the, um, the, um... The blue guy, because he smacked his head on the uh, floor. Me too. He's like, bam. He's like, 
I like the girl. Sadness. I like the blue girl. I like sadness. Uh, yeah. Me too, because she smacked her face on the ground. She Me did. Too. <laughs> what else did you like in the movie? It was funny. Nothing was scary. It was silly. It was silly? What what happened in the movie that made you laugh? Um, I liked all so all the silly parts. Like what? Um, smacking his head, smacking her face on the the floor. Smacking her face on the floor. Yeah, me too. That's the silliest part. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a five year old perspective Terrific. on Inside Out. Yeah, that was fucking adorable. But, <laughs> oh my god! But you can tell like all the like deep emotional things, like parental impacts that's all going way over a kid's head yeah. most of the movie they're like fire out of the head and falling on your face Slapstick. Yeah, yeah that's what the kids yeah. love so of course it's very hard to interview them together because they feed off each other <laughs> and that one answer just becomes the other kid's answer and but yeah. still I- i'm gonna have more of those coming up i hope uh we do plan on seeing minions in the future mm, and nice. we'll we'll be chatting about that afterwards too Oh, yeah, we do plan on seeing Terminator together. (laughs) Jurassic World. They'd be terrified. Ted, too. I like the teddy bear. (laughs) Why is it penis? (laughs) Uh, The next thing I'm geeking out is a a game that I finally played. I recently had a game night here that was a lot of fun. And there's a game that I've been dying to play forever. I saw on Tabletop when it was originally on. Repping my Tabletop (laughs) shirt today as a kickstarter backer or indiegogo backer of season three of tabletop but there was a game they played on there called the resistance it takes five people to play minimum which is tough you can't always get five Mm -hmm. people together but i finally did it is so much fun there's so much tension there's so much paranoia uh in this game what you do is it's kind of like the idea of like mafia or werewolf Mm -hmm. if you've ever played either of those games before so basically you have uh, the board, there's a whole bunch of missions. You play like with five or six people, which we ended up playing with. There's a board where there's like five missions. You elect certain people to go on these missions every time. You vote whether or not that team is accepted. They go and, uh, you are the resistance against some like big tech organization in like a sci-fi future. That's kind of the idea of it. But in the game, the corporation has placed spies within your resistance. Okay. So when you start the game, everyone gets a card with their identity as mm-hmm. to whether they're resistance or spy. And then you, everyone closes their eyes. So there is a bit of honesty involved. And we were all very like cool about, cause it's not fun otherwise yeah. if, if you like try to cheat this part. So you close your eyes, the spies open up their eyes and make eye, eye contact. Then you all close your eyes and open them all up again. So the spies know who each other okay. is. But nobody else does. Mm-hmm. So the whole game, you're like super paranoid because if you send a team on a mission and there's a spy on it, like the resistance has to vote for the mission to succeed. Mm-hmm. A spy has the option of saying whether it fails or it succeeds. Mm-hmm. So they could hide themselves with a the success mm-hmm. or they can try to say by putting a fail, they're saying someone on this team is a spy and you don't know who the card's oh, coming okay. from. You just know somebody on the team is a spy because you shuffle them up even when you get the cards. Okay. So there's a lot of opportunities to be dishonest, but we played totally straight and it was like crazy fun. Really? And we weren't always super accurate. The only thing that sucked is that I was resistance every single uh. time. We played like eight games or something. And I was the only person who ended up on the resistance team every time. I'm like, I don't even know what the other dynamics like. <laughs> I haven't had a chance. 
Uh, but the the whole goal is if the spies tank three out of the five missions, then the spies win. If the resistance gets three to be successful, then the resistance wins. That's it's cool. so much That's fun. That's a pretty unique premise for a game. That's yeah. really cool. I guess there's a lot of like expansion packs and stuff too for it, but it was, oh my God, it was crazy fun. We're definitely going to be uh, playing at the barbecue this year for sure. Or, and I'm going to just going to have other game nights just to play the resistance because cool. <laughs> yeah. it's so much fun. Uh, while I was doing re- uh, research on the resistance too, I bumped into something else because we were playing Star Flux. I don't know if you guys have either played that game before. Flux is a card game that basically has the only rule is draw a card and play a card. Okay. That's it. And there's different versions of it. There's regular Flux. Star Flux has cards that are all parodies of like sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's one that says expendable crewman and it's a guy in a red shirt, obviously. <laughs> okay. So it's stuff like that. Right. But the game builds its rules as you're playing uh-huh. and they can change at any time too. So whenever someone wins, it like comes out of nowhere every single time. Someone just play a card that like changes the goal of the game and they will have already played things that accomplish that goal. And they'll just be like, I win out of nowhere. It happens every time. It's crazy. So games can take like 10 minutes to like an hour, depending on what happens. Okay. It's pretty nuts, but it's a lot of fun. It's a game I really enjoy playing. And I found out that this August, they're coming out with a new version of Flux called Batman Flux. (laughs) And I'm super excited. I bumped into this too when I was looking at the uh, exclusives for San Diego Comic-Con. This is one of the, it is coming out in August for everybody, but I could buy it early at San Diego if I happen to uh, find it there, which I might end up doing because <laughs> Batman flux. <laughs> <laughs> because Batman. Because Yeah, the answer to everything. <laughs> because I'm Batman. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Uh, another geek out, and my last geek out, is a TV show that is very new, uh, not just to me, but also new in general. There's only two episodes so far by the time that you hear this. It is a show called Mr. Robot. Have you guys heard about it at all? I've seen the the trailers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is a TV show that stars Rami Malek. Uh, Mr. Robot follows Elliot, a young programmer who works as a cybersecurity engineer by day and as a vigilante hacker by night. Elliot finds himself at a crossroads when the mysterious leader of an underground hacker troop recruits him to destroy the firm he is paid to protect. Compelled by his personal beliefs, Elliot struggles to resist the chance to take down the multinational CEOs he believes are running and ruining the world. So there's a lot of, lot of cyber crime, high tech stuff going on here, which I totally love. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very well done. There's only two episodes so far, but the beginning of both of them feel like the beginning of a movie. Like they have the credits, they introduce it like a movie would with like a, an opening in a similar style leading up to the Mr. Robot credit mm-hmm. for the show and everything. Uh, I find Elliot very interesting because he's, really detached from people and from society he has a lot of social anxiety issues amongst other things. He has to take a lot of stuff just to feel a little bit normal. Uh-huh. He has an inner monologue throughout the whole show, but it isn't just to himself. He's framed it in that he's talking to an imaginary person, but he's addressing you, the viewer uh-huh. throughout it. So you are an imaginary person in Elliot's head while he's speaking to you during the show and kind of telling you his thoughts and everything. The show reminds me of Dexter in a lot of ways, in a lot of good ways. Uh Uh, In the pilot episode, he does uh, a vigilante hack to kind of take his mind off of his own problems in the same way that Dexter would kind of hunt a target Uh to calm himself down. Elliot will do that. He'll take down a hacker. I think in the, in the first one, he goes after his psychologist's boyfriend or something and finds out that he's like a total scumbag and ends up like, 
taking him down, confronting him and being like, oh, I have all this evidence on you that you're a total douche and mm-hmm. you need to break up with her right away. Never giving away his identity or anything. Right. In the, the open of the pilot, he takes down a pedophile mm-hmm. for like running weird stuff. He burns his hacks onto discs and he keeps them in a booklet similar to the way that Dexter would collect the blood slides of all his victims. So it's got that kind of idea in mind, too. So it's he's not killing people. He's actually doing good things like right. it's not something that's awful and menacing that he's just using in a good way. Uh-huh. There is a good intention behind them. But he does feel very much like that kind of a character to me, like Dexter, like that. I don't know. I'm seeing the the parallels and I really enjoy them. They did release the pilot episode weeks before it aired. Uh, and based on the response to that alone, they've already picked up a second season. So people that want to get in can be assured that there's going to be more. I think they're doing a 10-episode first season, and they're guaranteed at least a 10-episode second season. Uh, if people do want to check this out when it's actually on, which nobody really does around here, but if you do, it is on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on the USA Network. Now, does this show run up against some of the problems that they have when networks make tech-based TV shows that they don't understand, where they kind of just throw out terms like dark web, and, right, right, you know, like stuff like that, and it just feels like completely unrealistic. They honestly haven't thrown out a lot of that stuff, and I think maybe they're avoiding it for now for that reason. Mm-hmm. I think they're being a little smart about it, and not using too many abstract kind of ideas, concepts. Yeah, right. it's not so much about the tech as it is about. What everything is- else the tech is like a means to an end for the show right which okay. i think is smart that's good yeah because yeah. like csi what is that CSI cyber, cyber? The new one yeah like i i briefly saw maybe like half an episode of that and yep. i was like what the fuck is this yeah like bow wow <laughs> the guy who used to be a rapper oh. who became an actor Oh, like I just like I it just starts dropping like weird like random tech terms here and yeah. there mm-hmm. and it's like it just takes you it just takes you out of the show you're like what the fuck like yeah, like, yeah. like no, that's not how normal people talk like that's not even how tech people talk right like, right they, tech people talk like normal people like you, <laughs> you're no, I, no so like yeah I, like that's one concern i would have and i guess if they don't do it then that's great yeah i initially uh watched the show because not only did one of my friends recommend it to me but i just love christian slater Granted, he does not have a great tv track record mm-hmm. like a lot of his stuff ends up being canceled but he is mr robot in the show oh, okay. he hasn't really like given a name or anything he's just running this like crazy underground hacking group trying to take down evil corp as they call it the only thing that's weird with evil corp is i've heard people that work for evil corp even though it's just like called e corp in the show like the, the people that work for evil for e corp will refer to it as evil corp as well and i'm like i don't know if that's a thing that maybe elliot's hearing that we're perceiving through him, or if they're actually saying and calling it evil corp, or if it's like some kind of acronym for yeah. like the organization. That's funny because the E is the isn't that the Enron E? It looks a lot yeah. like it, <laughs> yeah. a lot like it. You know, if he's if they're playing him up though as having some level of paranoia, maybe that is a purpose. That's what I'm thing, thinking, yeah. especially if we're being included in the show in that kind and of we're way. In his head, yeah, right, it's right. Like a very mild scarecrow poison. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I really like it. it's very well done, very cinematic. So uh, I enjoy that for sure. Let's do our freakouts. Oh, freakout! Matt. Well, I uh, found out over the last week or so that the series Hannibal has been canceled after season three. They'll let the season that's playing end, and then there's not going to be a season four. There was some question of whether or not it might be picked up by a Netflix or Hulu. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, I think this might be a case of a show that's just too artistic for its own good. Mm. Um 
I, I initially started watching it. I wasn't interested at first and I had somebody who I was working with at the time and he just said, you know, check it out. He said, it's unlike anything that you would ever see on NBC. He said, if it was on like AMC or something like that, he was, it would, it would be kind of usual fare. Mm-hmm. But he said, things are really done. It's shot in a very stunning artistic way. So I started watching it and it's very artistic the way they do it. And I think that that may, they do a lot of symbolism, mm-hmm. uh, especially last season. There was a ton of symbolism. And I think that that may go over the head of the general viewer who's not willing to sort of think about what they're watching. Right, right. Uh, they want that mindless entertainment of, the the typical Hannibal Lecter story is Hannibal Lecter gets loose, he hacks somebody up, right. he eats the whatever. And this has been it's been real psychological. It's been really cool. Um I really got into it and was enjoying it. This season is seems more even artistic than last season with a lot of the ways they're shooting things and a lot of the symbolism they're using and how uh different people have killed and it's just it's a bummer because it's it's when you get a show that's made with that kind of care and attention to shooting the sh- the show and then to put that sort of symbolism in it's it, it's not just that mindless like you're saying like oh it's csi whatever this time mm-hmm. or law and order it, it was something unique and yes it was based on the Hannibal Lecter character mm-hmm. and and the Thomas Harris characters of like Jack Crawford and they were talking about eventually that they were going to actually this season they're they're going to bring in um the the character that was the center of Red Dragon um, and they've had a lot of the ties to the characters in the books, uh, or previous movies, but it just was unfortunate because I think that there was, it was a really well-made, well-shot, creative look at that. And I actually watched Silence of the Lambs last night. And it's funny now how initially when I started watching Hannibal, I was thinking, oh, I was comparing, um, Mids Mickelson. I think that's his name. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Comparing him to, to, uh, Anthony Hopkins. I watched it last night and I almost felt like, all right, Anthony Hopkins is the classic. Don't get me wrong. But I almost feel like because now I have three seasons right. over, over 30 hours almost right. of this other character. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking at, well, you know, there's some aspects of his performance I actually prefer. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate. We were talking about, about, I'm hoping with it still in play and we're about halfway through the season, I'm hoping that they'll at least wrap mm. so that it's not ending with some sort of, even if they have to go back into a reshoot of the end of the end, yeah. at least end it because they last the last cliffhanger they killed off. It, it appeared they killed off most of the main characters. Oh, and geez. and they went into this season and it was it was really great. It was it made sense and they're still around. Spoilers, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> but it, it's 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 awesome. It's, a, it's okay. Really it's going away anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna get canceled. So, but that's why most people. Oh, I only have to watch three seasons. I can binge watch it in a week. Right, so. right. So that was a bummer. And my other freak out is Game of Thrones season five, not for How any. How dare you! But <laughs> not for any of the content. I've actually, I'm a huge Tyrion Lannister fan, and he's had a great season. Yeah, he's, um, good, he's had and and um, is it, uh, born? Who's um? He was Tyrion's um armor uh, head of the guards when uh he was when he was the hand. Um, and now he's with Jamie Lannister. Um, uh, went to Dorne. Uh, Bronn. Bronn. I love that dude. He yeah. and so they've both had great seasons. My only problem with it, my freak out is 10 episodes is not enough. I want yeah. 15, 16 episodes. I got to wait another year now. And, yeah. I, and I didn't binge watch either. I watched it pretty much each week. I watched one episode because we're at, we're mm-hmm. up to that point in time with the season. Um, I just, I hate the whole, all right, the season's done already. And, and it seemed like it came like eh, season finale. Wait, yeah. we're already at a season finale. Yeah. So that's all. It's not even a, the content of the show. The show's awesome. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. There was so many cool things that happened this season. A lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of controversy. There was a lot of, 
things that happened this year that people really were not happy with on the internet. Mm -hmm. It it was controversial. It was great. It just stinks. We're going to have to wait now until the next season. That's my only problem with it. Yeah. It's, it's like that kind of like hybrid between like American and English TV. Uh, like I can, I, I can imagine why it's only 10 episodes because that budget is fucking. Oh, it's huge. Ginormous. Like they shoot in like three different countries. Like, uh, their shoot, their shoots, I think they last like two to three months. Like the cast is huge. The cast is huge. Like there's so many people, but definitely. Yeah. I'm with you on that whole year long wait for the (laughs) next season because like you're like, you can't like if you're. If you're up to speed, you're watching one a week and that, that story like pulls you in so much that like, I'm fortunate enough at work to have people that I can talk to about mm-hmm. it so I can kind of like get it off my chest. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And we could be like, Oh, you see that thing? Oh, that was fucking amazing. Oh, you see them titties out? Oh my God. <laughs> like, you know, like there's people that I can talk to about that, but then you have to wait an entire year to know like what's going on with this character yeah. is R plus L equals J going <laughs> to happen? You know, like that fan theory look it up <laughs> um but yeah like I'm, I'm with you like too short wish it was longer but i mean you know if that means that next season is going to be awesome as well i i i can it put was, it off it was cool with being a couple weeks ahead of my wife just because i knew what was happening mm-hmm. and i knew it was going to happen and just being in because she would watch it in like one room and i'd be in and i'd be in the living room <laughs> and i know what episode she's on and i know the big thing that's happening i'm just waiting and then from the other oh no no are you kidding me that just so that was cool. Yeah. Just waiting to hear her reactions on certain things that went down was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Rob, you need to get in on this. Yeah, I'm telling yeah. you, I Game don't know, Thrones. man. Enough shows, enough shows. I'm telling you, Game of Thrones will. Suck it's worth you, it. Man. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's so worth it. Like I was in the same place, man. I was like, season after season two was done. Like I had heard, you know, like oh, this is a great show. You should definitely. And I, and I already had HBO. I know so many of the big story points too, though. Yeah. But I mean, still the 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 show itself, great like, ensemble yeah. cast. I mean, great really, acting. Yeah. Like you, the, like Tyrion Lannister, like uh Peter Dinklage, mm-hmm. like awesome. Tyrion Lannister will define Peter Dinklage for you. Yeah, because that's like that's the person that you kind of wish he would be. <laughs> like it's it's so like he's you. Oh, so and bad. I love season five Tyrion yeah. with with the, the beard and the hair and like. He's just awesome. I love because he's that like guy. humbled, right? He's not yeah. like he's not like he does. He knows he's not the smartest person. I'll humble you, <laughs> yeah. And he's like make geez. you humble. Like there's that line from that one episode. He's like, have you ever shoved shit through a hole? And like you know, like he, this is a long story. He, okay, he, he gets shipped in a box. He's a midget. Okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like oh, so good. I'm, I'm with you though. And and he, he has a scene in the last episode where he has he reunites with somebody. Yeah. from his past who was a major part of his power when he had power yeah. and it was just a great it was so it was real it was human yeah. when you went you had those times where there's somebody who is a part of your life and you haven't seen him in a long time and you had and you're watching that scene and here it is with two completely un you know the unique characters they're not who you are but you're like I've had that before I've had yeah. that that come back to oh man you know all this time's passed but we're still they had that you complete me moment. Yeah, totally. Like, like they're standing next to each other. Yeah. And th- this isn't like they're not bros or anything. Not at all. But no. they just they're they know that they that put together they are stronger than their individual parts mm-hmm. and they know that if they work together they can make this world a better place and they're just having this kind of like this bro down. Yeah. They're just standing there and like you jerk. Yeah. Fuck you. And they slap but each then, other's but asses. Then, but yes. then they're like yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. like they're like you know, they're they're glad they're back together. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good season, man. It really was. 
Get These on. are the freakouts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the freakout is just yeah. having to wait for season yeah, six, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. And there was no and no Hodor. Come on. Oh yeah. I went a whole season about Hodor. Hodor. No Hodor. 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 Um, well, my freakout is uh, related to Destiny. So if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time that I've been here, you know that I play Destiny on Xbox One. Uh, so not only am I freaking out about PlayStation exclusives because I mean, come on, it's like one one turn <laughs> of the game is already gone. Uh, I'm just, that's a whole different topic. But the reason I'm like upset is, or the reason I'm freaking out about Destiny is uh, in like the last couple of weeks or so, especially after E3, Bungie made a bunch of announcements about how they're releasing the upcoming expansion, the Taken King, and the price points for the mm. different expansions. Now, if you if you're up to speed on the game, if you're currently playing, you're currently on the third expansion, House of Wolves. You've already paid, you know, a certain amount of money. I think I paid like 35 bucks for the season pass to mm-hmm. get all the expansions. But with the Taken King, which is going to be the fourth expansion, if you are new to the game of Destiny, you can buy the original game and all the expansion bits for 60 bucks, mm-hmm. which is just a straight up new game. Right. 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 But if you've all, if you've been keeping pace with the game and you've bought all the expansions thus far, you're paying 40 bucks for the expansion. Like, why am I paying two thirds the price of like, it doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah. I'm getting less than 25% of a game or of the game thus right. far for two thirds of the price. Like the price point doesn't make any difference or it doesn't make any sense. Also, Bungie announced that, you know, there are certain perks for buying, you know, collector's editions mm-hmm. and whatever. Like these perks are like emotes, like things that the character does in game. Okay. And also uh, certain class items, which are like uh, these items that define your different class, whether you're a Titan, Warlock or Hunter. Um, and you can get these exclusive items if you buy the collector's edition. Ugh. But if you buy the collector's edition, you're buying the whole game over right, again. Right, right. So, so for somebody like me and for a lot of people in the Destiny community, if you want to buy, if you want those collector's edition items, you have to rebuy the game. Or at least that's what it was up until about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And then Bungie kind of like, they saw the fallout from it and they're like, okay, we're sorry. We'll allow you to buy the collector's edition stuff for an additional 20 bucks. So it's like, wait, so I got to buy the expansion <laughs> and the collector's edition stuff, pay $60 for a quarter of a game yeah. and some tidbits that aren't really necessarily going to help me. And then Bungie on top of that, you know, said that, you know, if you're like a day one player or if you're a, if you're a vanilla destiny player, you know, if you've been playing since the beginning, mm-hmm. the, the cutoff point being like, I think the last expansion or this one, I'm not sure, but, uh, there is a cutoff point prior to the taken King, the new expansion dropping, mm-hmm. uh, that says that if you were a player before, then if you've gotten to a certain level cap by this time, then you will receive some in-game items that okay. kind of be your perk. Right. And those are, those are free. Those aren't going to, you don't have to, I don't think you have to pay for those, <laughs> we'll but see. like they showed a picture of what you get yeah. and it's like fucking bullshit. Like it's not right. like you, you don't get like armor or weapons or anything. It's like you get a new speeder, which is, I guess kind of cool. And like a shade, an armor shader, which is like a thing that colors your armor. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's a class item too, but it's like, everything is like all black. So you basically just look like, Batman, Batman, or like a, <laughs> like a ninja, or like yeah, whatever, you yeah. know, based on what your class is. Like it's, it's kind of like too little, too late, yeah, almost, you know. Yeah. And you can kind of see that 
while Bungie is this, you know, smaller development group that the influence from EA, who is the, you know, the parent company of Bungie. Right. You can definitely see like that influence in there. It's like, yes. let's make as EA much. loves to nickel and dime. Right. And it's like with the expansions and everything, they're just trying to get as much money out yep. of it. And it's like, there's no sort of like, there's no fan or there's no like player loyalty. Yeah. You know? it sounds like you're slapping the loyal people in the face. Right. Really. I mean, that's awful. Like if I've been playing since day one, I've already mm. invested how much money into this game. I've been almost a hundred bucks into this game. Yeah. But you want more of my money just so I can continue playing this. Whereas somebody who's jumping in, you know, at this late point can pay $40 less than me to get the same amount of content. Right. Like, I, like, I definitely get your, your freak out about Arkham, Arkham Knight. It's why you didn't hear about it in my geek outs. Right. It's out. Arkham Knight is out. And it's I great have not bought it heard, and I yeah. will not buy it until that yeah. year, uh, game of the year edition comes out. Cause yeah. I want the complete package for. A regular price of a game, right. not for a hundred dollars. And like, even if, I mean, even if you're at a point where, you know, you're financially secure enough to afford these games and, you know, you're able to, like, it still feels like you're getting yes. fucked. Cause like it, I mean, granted, I mean, $40 is not like a ton of money, but it's almost another game. But it's, yeah, you're basically like, why am I not getting another game? Yeah. It's the principle at this point. Yeah. It's yes. not the cash. Right? Yeah. The principle is almost, it's more valuable than the cash to you. You're getting yeah. decked over for something that's like not that it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but it right. also is simultaneously mm-hmm. that big of a deal. Yeah. So yeah, that was my freak out. Come on, Bungie. <laughs> Get with the program. Get with it. Uh, I don't have any freakouts, which is good because we still have reviews to do and we are well into this show. Uh, I do want to remind people that are listening that I am available for hire right now for all your digital media needs, photography, photo editing, and retouching, graphic and web design, or video and audio production. You can see my portfolio and get more information by going to robloganmedia.com or you can follow my work at facebook.com slash robloganmedia. I have been doing more photo shoots lately that have come out well, starting to get into the fitness side of things. Uh, did my first fitness shoot the other day. I have another one coming up and then probably another one in August. So, nice. yeah, I'm actually getting some work, guys. And he's good <laughs> at it, too, guys. T- take a look at those pictures. Definitely consider him for, you know, just about anything. Thank you. Let's do our reviews. Matt, you have a website you want to tell us about. Yeah, I tried it out for the first time last month. I um, Over the last month and a half, actually, I used it. Went to Travify.com. I found it by a Google search. It's T-R-A-V-E-F-Y.com. I know Rob will put it as part of the show notes, whatnot. But it's a website that handles uh, travel planning and travel itinerary. Um, again, I just... Uh, my biggest downfall was that it, I don't have a um, an iPhone. I have an Android, and it's not yet made an app for that. But basically, you let the the site know where you're planning on going for a trip, and then as you go, you can if you get confirmation emails from different things that you're going to do, you literally just forward them to an email address there, and it gets all the information from it and puts it into this itinerary for you. It's really user friendly. And uh, what I ended up doing is just to see how it worked. I, I put all the things I wanted to do while I was on my vacation. I went to Niagara Falls and um, it was really cool just to have all that information on one, you know, with my Android, I just went to the website, mm-hmm. but I had my itinerary right there and all the contact information, all the details. If you had an appointment or like a reservation while you're on there, it's all in there. All you have to do is like hit the button of what you're heading to. It automatically kicks up your, um, your mapping program to your GPS. Oh, wow. Um, it was, it was just, it was really cool. I won't go too into depth. It's more one of those. If you're going to try, even if you're going to do a day trip to like Boston and you're doing five or six things that maybe you've bought tickets to or whatnot, give it a try. Um, it's still, 
I think it's still pretty early in development. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's look, looks really slick. It seemed to work pretty slick. The, the nice thing is you can add, uh, not only ideas, it gives you, uh, in the area, it'll give you some, some suggestions of what's in the area as well. And you can invite people who are traveling with you. Once you do that, they can also collaborate. And That's then you can, cool. and then you can forward your itinerary. So when you go into your itinerary, you can actually get it to give you like a PDF version. Mm-hmm. And so when we were getting ready to leave, I forwarded, uh, normally I would have included my parents, but they were traveling as well, but to family who was in the area, just so everywhere where we were going to be, they knew kind of when on what days we'd be there mm. and where they could kind of locate us if they needed to, yep. um, if there was an emergency that came up. But it was, it was really for a first time through, it was like a five day trip and it was, um, it was neat to be able to just sort of, all right, what did I have here? And all right, here's what, where our addresses where we're heading. Here's the details. Do we have tickets? Yep. Um, here's the contact person. If it was like a tour, right? Pretty neat. It worked out pretty well for the first time. I'll definitely give it a try, uh, for an other traveling in the future that have more sort of in depth itineraries. See if it works. Uh, again, first experience that was pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't even know how travel agencies are still in business. I know. Right. right? Exactly. Like, this. like this is basically what travel agents do. Yeah, it just trumps all of that, and yeah. you do it yourself. And through Orbitz, I actually I found a place that roughly I paid forty dollars a night for a hotel. For a, it was a minimal mm-hmm. motel, but it was clean, it was comfortable, it was really nice. Forty bucks a night. So I mean, every, how, so everything's pretty accurate then in yeah. terms of like reviews and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Paul, you have a movie for us. Yeah, it's uh, actually a Korean movie. It's a movie that I've had for a long time. It's called The Man from Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch it. Rob, you saw it. Um, it's, I mean, it's definitely sort of like a, like, I don't want to call it like a, yeah, it's not definitely not Batman, but it's like, <laughs> it's like, so the story is pretty simple. A guy who has this mysterious past, aka the man from nowhere, right? <laughs> um, he, he meets an orphan girl. He runs a pawn shop in the, in the basement of a building. He builds this relationship with this girl. This girl has a troubled life and is generally not in a good place. Girl gets into trouble. Guy finds out and goes to help little girl and get her back and, you know, basically be the good guy, but in a, re- in a, in the most reluctant way possible. Yeah. He wants no part of this, right? He, he didn't, he wanted no part of the girl, even though she's probably like the best thing in his life. Like he basically wants nothing to do with anything else other than his day to day life. Right. And you kind of find out later on why that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see what happens to him and, you know, where, where, like where, where his past has influenced, uh, like his current situation Mm -hmm. and so but the the movie is best known for uh the one fight sequence towards the end in the bathhouse yes um this is this was widely acclaimed as one of the most violent knife fights in like it was crazy it it was so insane and like the majority of the movie is basically dramatic i mean Mm -hmm. you don't really see a whole lot of action no i actually thought thought the first half was pretty slow yeah and the pacing takes a while to get going right and then but once this guy decides okay i'm going to do something about the 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 evil uh that's you know that's uh the the evil in this movie you know i'm I'm, once he decides to do something about it Mm -hmm. and you see like the skill level that's involved and then you get to the knife fight it's like holy shit yeah like it just uh, the knife fight is insane. Like that alone, I think you can actually look up on YouTube and there's a couple of different versions of it. You don't really need to understand Korean or anything to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You just know that I actually watched a uh, English dubbed version. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I have a Blu-ray of it. So I, I, mine was just Korean with English subs, but uh, yeah, it's uh, 
it's uh it's pretty intense um, <laughs> like a lot of my friends watched it and after the knife fight we just paused the movie even though there was like another 30 minutes left we're like dude what the fuck was that yeah yeah can, can we watch it again <laughs> that was insane by the time like all that happened i had unfortunately kind of checked out because oh, okay. uh, it did like yeah, just take so long to get going yeah. the action though is like most korean films it is yeah. very good it's very violent and sort of like there's not a whole lot of gunplay no i mean it kind of reflects like the attitude towards guns in korea but mm-hmm. you know it it like the raid and like, you know, mov- movies from the, these Asian countries or guns are not as big as they are here. Yeah. Like the violence is amped up that much more because it's very visceral. It's very personal, you know, right. Like people are stabbing, punching, and it's very like things you would not ordinarily see. And it's like, if it was like, if that fight scene alone was a movie in America, like, I mean, that'd be like an NC 17 scene. Cause it's kind of disgusting. Yeah. And so definitely check it out. It's, I guess it's on Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it yeah. On Netflix? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, or, you know, of course you can go to the geekgeneration.com slash Amazon, buy the right. Blu-ray and it's definitely worth it because you will watch that scene over and over again. So yeah. definitely recommend. Cool. Uh, my review is for a Netflix TV show. Speaking of Netflix, it's one that I was very excited about because this is from the Wachowskis, the former Wachowski brothers who are now referred to as the Wachowskis, uh, because one of them is transgender. Mm. So, and that actually has an impact on this show. There's a transgender character in the show as oh. well that you don't even realize for a while. And I think that's part of the point. Okay. So this is a show called Sense 8. They released the whole season and kind of dropped it all in that binge watching kind of style that we're all used to now. Uh, it's crazy that we're all used to that now. <laughs> this is about eight different people in eight different cities that each feel what the others feel. And they're not just feeling emotions. They actually feel the sensory input of the other people and what they call their cluster. So there's a cluster of eight people that all share this stuff together. They have the ability to visit one another, as they call it. But whoever is doing the visiting can only be seen or heard by the other member in their cluster. So even though they're in different countries, they can like appear next to each other and have a conversation, even though one of them isn't really there. But they can actually feel each other, too, because they all share sensory input. So whatever one person feels, the other one does too. But since the person visiting can't be seen or heard by anyone else, only by the person in the cluster, it makes what the person in the cluster who's not visiting but is actually there doing makes them look very odd to anyone else around. So like at one point, someone's friend catches them kissing one of the other people in the cluster. It looks like he's making out with the air. (laughs) So there's stuff like that. Uh, they also have the ability to give up control of their bodies to someone else in the cluster, which Whoa. allows them to use skills from the others. So there's one girl who you've seen in a lot of Wachowski movies and things like that, where she's like a, a kung fu artist or martial arts expert or whatever. So she often lends her abilities or her consciousness to others when they're in predicaments, and they'll automatically start beating the crap out of somebody. There's another person who's a police officer. So his skills come into play a lot in that sense, too. There's one person who's an actor and very good at lying and talking his way out of situations because he's an actor. Mm -hmm. So someone else is a criminal. Someone else is a musician. So there's so many. There's a wealth of skills to pull from, and anyone can use them. Not necessarily at any time, but when someone else is willing to kind of assume that. I don't know what happens to their body in that town. I don't know if they swap because mm-hmm. it's not it's not explained specifically and it doesn't really need to be. You just kind of right. go, okay, whatever. Suspension this is happening now. Yeah, thing, yeah. Right? yeah. I like the show because it gets a lot of things right. The character building is 
phenomenal. Oh, that's good. The character building is definitely phenomenal. So you're constantly jumping between the different people. Uh There's eight different stories taking place all the time. That's a lot of stuff going on. But it does really allow for a lot of building there. And the fact that they're constantly interacting with each other because of the ability to visit, that allows you to really get them to know each other based off each other as well. You do start to care a lot more about what is happening to the characters than necessarily what's going to happen in the plot. It takes a long time, and even by the end of it, you don't necessarily know why this is happening, Mm -hmm. what's going on. Like, they don't even necessarily know what's going on for at least, like, the first half, and they still kind of don't by the end of it. It's not all blatantly explained. There's still Mm -hmm. questions hanging out there, which can be frustrating because they're hanging these questions and not addressing them Uh a lot. There's a lot of them, like, visiting each other and being like, oh, I've seen you before. What's happening? Mm. Am I going nuts? Right. That's a big part of it, too. Like, a lot of people just think they're going crazy half the time. But uh, you do happen to care about the characters much more than the plot. It is a slow burn, for sure. Nothing really exciting. I No, that's not true. Uh, the, the really pick up and exciting stuff doesn't happen until like episode seven. Okay. That's a long way in. I think it's like 13 or 14 episodes. Now, are some of these people more adept or more developed at this sense than the other people are? It doesn't seem like it, but it seems like some get used to it a lot faster. Okay. So everybody's just kind of a noob. They're all, yeah, yeah. There's someone who keeps visiting them the the guy who was Saeed, uh Naveen Andrews and uh-huh. Lost he's in another cluster so there's there's yeah. more than just those eight right. there's different clusters where you interact with your own cluster but i guess there's a way to visit people outside of your cluster too okay. and he knows how to do this so he's kind of advising them uh-huh. but they also don't know if they can trust him because they hear from other people there's a whole secret government organization of course right, right. that's hunting down sensates okay as they call them <laughs> which is just like Kinda version of sense. the name, right? Uh, so they call them sensates. But at the point where things pick up in episode seven, you're so invested in the characters mm-hmm. that you're like ready to go. Okay. So it's all at the right time. There's a lot of sexuality and uh, there's some nudity and things like that. There's a lot of blurring of sexuality, which I think comes heavily influenced by the Wachowskis. So uh-huh. there's there are gay couples there is one couple where one is a transgender, and I don't even know if I'm using all the right terminology, so friggin' oh. spare me. I can't keep up with the notes. I'll get there. I thought you meant blurring, like they, they, they blurred ended, out yeah. boobs, and no, I was no, like, no, 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 oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, th- well, there is, there is that one point where they don't even know what's going on. Okay. Like, there are straight people, there are gay people, there are bisexual people within this cluster. At one point, they have an orgy. I would imagine none of that matters because if you're able to sense other people's right, like you you feel what they feel, that's just I mean that's just pleasure, right? Which I mean, is such like a, a comment on empathy, right? In humanity, right? To just be able to let people be, right? So I, I found all that very interesting. There's currently no announcement on season two as to whether or not it's been picked up. Apparently, it is doing fairly well. So there's a lot of confidence that it will be. One of the creators, J. Michael Straczynski, who you might know from comic book writing fame, mm-hmm. uh, he he helped create this. He's confirmed that they already have a five-season arc planned. Whoa. So they they wrote this out way ahead of time. Not everything to the letter, but they have all the major tent poles kind of set up for a five-season arc, which explains the slow burn mm-hmm. of season one. If this is all structured like a larger 
story or a larger movie like the Wachowskis are usually doing or Cloud Atlas, which is just friggin' long as hell anyway, <laughs> it makes sense that it's going to have a lot of character building in the beginning because if there's four other seasons happening, that's where a lot of the big, big stuff is going to happen. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. Uh, again, just have some patience and know that it's going to pick up and that it's going to get there. You just have to give it time. I'm in. Uh, that kind of wraps up this episode, which is a lot longer than we expected <laughs> it to be. We did have even more stuff we were going to talk about, but we will save that for another time. Final thoughts or something you would like to plug, Matt West? Uh, just support the show. Definitely go into the Patreon, uh, become a patron. That's something that a ton of podcasters are doing. But what gets me is when I'm hearing these people who have like Hollywood careers who are doing podcasts who mm. are looking for Patreon support, help the little guys out uh, so they can become bigger. You guys have been doing this for five years now yeah. and, uh, you know, support. Uh, if you enjoy it, support it. Thank you. Yeah, definitely support the podcast. Also, um, this isn't really a plug, but um, I'm starting to run out of friends to play Destiny with. Because <laughs> a lot of people are either quitting or just not playing as often. So um, if you want to play Destiny with me, uh, my gamer tag is FPO45. So just send me a message on Xbox Live. Just let me know who you are. Because, I mean, some people just send messages. They're like, let's play. And I'm like, who the fuck are yeah, you? Yeah, say you heard him on the show. Yeah, say that you got to me from the geek generation. And, you know, let's play. Let's do some Prison of Elders. Cool. To see everything else that we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at geekgeneration on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at thenightangel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this week. We will be back next week with more stuff for you, and we will see you then. Later. Bye. Bye. Make it so.